Alright guys, so this is part two of the episode that I did with Luke Russell. If you haven't listened to part one, um, I recommend going back and listening to that. Um, it's the episode before this one. Part one was about breath work. This is part two, and in part two we talk more about movement. So I start off by asking Luke what his current training goals are in the gym. Um, we then talk about enjoying the process of training what happens as we age, and then some positives and negatives about CrossFit. All right, enjoy the episode, guys. You're tuning in to the High Performance Path podcast, and I'm your host, Alex. If you want to increase your productivity, enhance your mental performance, hack your sleep, and build a bulletproof body, then you're in the right place. Get ready as we dive into interviews with performance coaches, business owners, and health professionals to find out their daily routines, habits, and movement practices. All right, let's go. Um, let's shift to, uh, actually, yeah, let's shift back to movement. What kind of, um, what's your training look like at the moment? Because I know you started strength training and stuff really early in your journey. Yep. And you started calisthenics and, and stuff. What, what's your current training look like? And what are your kind of training goals? What are you chasing? Um, I'm, I'm currently just doing a lot of handstands and locomotion type stuff. So locomotion is in like, it's kind of like crawling, <laughs> crawling around on the ground, doing animal movements, kind of oh, like yeah. the stuff that we were doing um, before we, before we did this. Yeah, cool. Um, as far as goals I'm chasing, I'm, Trying to do a press to handstand. Yep. Um, but well, can you explain what that looks like? Basically, just starting getting in. No, just starting hands on the ground, but instead of kicking your legs up, you're just lifting them up. So like into handstand okay. in a controlled way. Think about a slow motion kick up. So like a downward dog, but with your head on the ground, like a headstand. No hands, like your. The way that you would set up for a handstand, yep. Except instead of kicking your legs up in the air using momentum, oh, yep, yep. You're using your strength, like a pike, yeah. With your feet on the floor, exactly. You, so that's what I'm working towards. Yeah, okay. Um, but I, I'm, I don't hold much attachment to to getting that goal, yep. and like I'm, um, I have done that in the past with handstands and stuff, but then it turns the the practice that's meant to be fun and enjoyable into something like I'm really chasing and I've got to do mm. this and where I'd approach it in a more playful way now that's good. that um yeah it'll come eventually because I'm doing the things that will make it come mm. but if it comes tomorrow or it comes in 6 months time or it comes never comes I don't really care oh cool well, that's a good approach to it because like gymnastics and calisthenics, the progressions, some of them take long, long times. Like some of them might be a eight year process to, oh. to get a movement. The, and so if that gymnastics moves, you just got to realize you're never going to get them. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you some started of gymnastics like, when you were like five. <laughs> they're ridiculously like, mm. you know, you see them doing the stuff in the Olympics and you're like, oh wow, that looks hard, but you don't appreciate that's, it. That's until crazy. You actually know hard. how much time has gone into getting those movements. Yeah, and it's 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I think that's a good approach to have because if that, say if that process is a three or even a two-year goal, if you don't enjoy that process, then it's two years. What's the point of it if you don't enjoy it? So yeah. having a an, an approach where you just kind of go in and, and want to enjoy the training session, Yeah, I think that's a better approach. Like if, for example, if you're going to approach every training session and um, kind of put a lot of pressure on yourself and um, work really hard at it and say if it's going to take six months and you'll nail it, but it was unenjoyable, if you can, if you just approach it a bit less and kind of enjoy it more and, and maybe not put so much pressure on yourself, but maybe not train it as often, if that instead of six months takes a year, like twice as long, but if you enjoy that, I think that's a much better approach. Yeah. And it, it comes back to why are you doing it in the first place? Mm. And if it's, if it's for enjoyment, then enjoy it (laughs) like there was a time where like when i started handstands in the beginning it was yeah it was just play at the park and it was enjoyable and i was getting some results and it wasn't until i um maybe started seeing other people and looking at instagram and following these accounts of people doing better then you create that comparison and then it goes from being something i'm doing for fun to like this, oh, I need to be better, I need to be better, I need to be better, I need to be like that person or that person. Mm. And then it wasn't fun anymore. And that's when it drove me to a point where I was getting injured and I just stopped doing them all together for about two years. And then I came back from that with a mindset of I'm not going to do that again and I'm just going to go with the playful approach. Yeah, cool. I think that's, I think that's good. Like whatever movement you do, because we have to, we don't live the way that we evolved to live, just the society (laughs) that we created, we don't. So basically we have to do some sort of movement to stay healthy. We have to do some sort of movement and whatever that movement is, you should enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, then you're not going to stick to it. Yeah, And what we have to be able to move, like if we can move through like healthy ranges of motion and keep some sort of base level of strength and hold on to muscle mass, we can do all that as long as possible. You'll stay injury free and live, you know, a functional lifestyle for as, you know, a long time in your life. Yeah. So, you know, you should be able, you should have a goal of moving your whole life. So if you hate whatever your movement practice is, you're not going to stick to it. So yeah. there's no point doing it unless you enjoy it. Definitely. And is there's nothing really more important than like being, you know, we're in this body and, you know, we have the ability to be able to move. And, you know, this is like circling back to my back injury. That movement was taken away from me. And, you know, I just, that was such a terrible experience at the time that, like, looking back now, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me because it's not only got to me to where I am today, but it's 
my appreciation for the ability to be able to move, you know, I feel gratitude every day that I can move and do the things that I want to do. Like, and, you know, your, your ability to experience life is, you know, how you can move and get around with this, you know, this body that we have. Like if you, if you start losing that range of motion, then yeah, you can't walk up that hill or, you know, some clients and stuff I work with that, you know, I do a neck assessment with them and you tell them to, to turn like to the left and, you know, their neck moves like you know, a tiny bit, a tiny bit. Um, this is people without pain. Yeah. Um, so obviously pain is going to limit motion, but this mm. is someone without pain. It's just someone that that's how much they move their neck on a day to day. So that's what it kind of gets restricted down to. Now, your whole experience of life is, you know, what you can see around you, what you can do. What So if you're, it's just narrowing your whole. Wow, I've never thought of it. You like of the whole world, like right now I can look behind us and I can see the, the ocean and I can see you and I can, you know, yeah. I can experience 360 degrees where if your neck only moves here to here and up and down, just this tiny bit, that's <laughs> Your view of the world, you're looking through tunnel vision. It's like playing a um like Call of Duty, like a first a first um first person view game. Yeah. yeah. And instead of being able to turn around, imagine if you can only look up and down and left and right tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> Limits you a lot. And you're talking about, yeah, we're not designed to like we're not designed to live like we live in mm. this modern kind of context. Yeah. So that that's why we need to go to the gym and we need to do foam rolling and stretching and mm. all these different like movement pills that we're taking because we're not moving in our day to day where previously, you know, we're walking 10 kilometers a day and we're um, sitting in squats and sitting on the ground and, you know, hitting, you know, trying to break open nuts and going hunting and throwing and we're just, that's where our movement's coming from. We don't need to go to the gym. <laughs> we don't need to stretch because our body's going through all the range of motions that it needs to be human and mm. survive. We're now, because everything, you know, I'll tell you another thing is like working with uh, a client that was in their, in their forties and I got him to, um, Go, go down onto the ground, onto his back, and stand back up. And it was a struggle for him. like Just to get down onto his back? Just go from a standing position down onto the ground. Onto the ground, like sitting or lying? Lying. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> and it, <that laughs> Onto the ground yeah. <laughs> and then back up. That was a big struggle. Yeah, okay. So I asked him, when's the last time you have been on the ground like that? A year. Wow. A whole year of his life, guy in his 40s, um, that he'd been onto the ground. But you think about it. You wake up in a raised bed. Mm. You get out. You go sit on a raised toilet. You go sit in a car seat, which is raised. You go to work and sit on these raised mm. surfaces. You you never... Everything is like between our torsos and ev all this ergonomics. And yes. Everything is just like making life easier for this short period of time, but then it's restricting your range of motions to what's in front of you. Wow. And yeah, so we previously we're sleeping on the ground where, um, 
yeah, sitting in resting squats, we're climbing trees, where so this is the kind of movement that um like I obviously the handstands and stuff, that's that's fine at the park. Mm. But the practices, you know, that I'm into, uh things about longevity, yeah. Moving your spine, like, you know, it's so important. You know, everyone's walking around with these stiff spines because we're yeah, in these sedentary positions. So a lot of the time just getting people moving their spine is gonna be so much more beneficial to the way that they experience life than, you know, doing bench press. Yes. I think that's I think that's spot on what you said. So as we age, basically I mean, my goal and what my goal is to live um functionally for as long as possible in life. So as we age, there's we experience a process called sarcopenia, which you would be aware of, which is loss of muscle mass. Yeah. That just happens as we age. Now it does, but like the body's breaking down from, you know, it does break down with aging, mm. but it it also does follow this lose it or, or yeah. use it or lose it principle. So there's so if you yeah, so if you activate your muscles and do kind of strength training, you will hold on to muscle mass. Yeah. And you can eliminate that process from happening or slow it down at least. I don't know if you can eliminate it forever. But that's what I mean by when I said before, if you keep moving, you will continue to be able to keep moving. Once you stop moving and stop moving functionally, that's when your body will, you know, if you like your client, if he didn't, it's a whole year he hadn't been on the ground. So He's he, lost that now ability, he loses that yeah. ability to get up and down off the ground. Now, as we, as we age, if we start to, like if that client, if he fell over and couldn't get up off the ground, he then loses the ability to lo- live on his own, I guess. This is the biggest, you know, thing with this aging population. Yeah. Is, you know, they're worried about old people balance is huge because yeah. an old person falls over, they can't, can't get back get up. up because when are they getting on the ground? Mm. They're not. Um, and it's not just about age as well. So there'd be yeah. 90 year olds that um, are moving better than some 20 year olds these days. Yes. So it's just a more about what you do. Like your body is just going to adapt to whatever stresses or whatever movements mm. you throw at it. You can see that. You go to the gym, you do some bicep curls, you get some bigger biceps. Mm. Um, if you bend forward and touch your toes every day, you're going to maintain the ability to be able to touch your toes. If you mm. stop doing that movement, you're going to lose that ability. Yes. So I know you don't do CrossFit, but something. A part of CrossFit's kind of methodology that I really like, there's some stuff in CrossFit that I don't agree with. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just, com- I'm, I want to be completely honest. Some stuff I don't like, but some stuff I really do like. Like what kind of stuff don't you like? Um, so for example, handstand push-ups. They, I think the average kind of normal person doesn't really need to do a handstand push-up. It is a good expression of human movement. Mm. And if you can do handstand push-ups, then that's great. But. It's high level. <laughs> it, it's pretty advanced. Yeah. And f- for a functional movement, I don't think 
you need to be able to do handstand push-ups to be functional. Yeah. Now, in a in a group fitness scenario that you're doing movements under fatigue and trying to beat a friend or get a better time, if you're doing handstand push-ups and there might be 20 reps, if you know you can only you can't do 20 unbroken, you're going to have to break it up, but you're going to be pushing the limits. Now, as you start to fatigue, every time your head touches the ground, if you come, if you're doing them fresh and you can come down and your head touches the ground under control and you press back up to locked out, then that's fine. But as you start to fatigue, you're going to lose the ability to control that eccentric, that lowering phase. And as you start to lose the ability to control that down, your head's going to hit the ground a little bit harder and harder. And that is dangerous. Yeah. I don't think handstand push-ups should be done. If your goal is health and longevity, I don't think there's any need to do it. You can, everything that, all the benefits you get from handstand push-ups, like um, upper body pushing strength, there are other ways you can accomplish that. Using a barbell, using dumbbells, kettlebells. Um, there's so many other ways you can you can do it. You can use bands. Um, it is advanced and you can do handstand push-ups fine, but the average person, I don't think, needs to do handstand push-ups, especially but, under fatigue when your form starts to break down. So that's one thing. But my yeah, my take on that is that's not a CrossFit issue. That's not a handstand push-up issue. That's a coaching issue. Mm. So if someone's got the ability and the strength and the control to be able to do handstand push-ups with a good form, go for it. If you're mm. at the CrossFit Games or whatever, yeah, they want to be doing the hardest things. Mm. But at your local CrossFit gym, if there's handstand push-ups in the workout of the day and you look at your client base and not many of them can do normal push-ups very well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then that's a coaching issue and you, know, you need to just be able to assess where people are at. Mm. So handstand push-up, nothing wrong with that, no. but it's a high-level skill. Yes, that's a good point actually. So it's up to, and good coaches will be able to identify yeah, like the, people's the ability beast, and the tell beast them, in the no, gym be like, do you're doing handstand push-ups, mm. and you know, <clears throat> the middle-aged guy that's working an office job, and he's doing you know one CrossFit workout a week, mm. maybe just stay to push-ups or even do them on your knees or in a, you know, on a box or whatever mm. level you're at. Like you've got to have levels because people are always wanting to push themselves. Yeah, but and ha- need something more advanced to aim for or to strive for. And yeah, also to test themselves. But that's just the problem with group fitness in general. Is mm. if it's, um, you know, if everyone's if you just say the workout of the day is we're doing this, this, and this, and handstand push-ups is in that, then you're going to get a few people that can do them, and ninety-five percent of the people that can't do them with good form. Mm. But yeah, if you give options and say, yeah. we're going to do a push, which can be a vertical barbell push, it can be a handstand push-up, it can be a normal push-up push or up. whatever, give those levels mm. and then a good coach will put people at those appropriate levels yeah. and people will push above those levels, you know, mm. at, which is fine, but that's, you know, that's the individual wanting to risk injury yeah. for an ego boost or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I think the issue is. People that are maybe doing CrossFit on their own without a coach 
and doing those movements when they probably shouldn't be, but you could you hurt yourself doing anything on yeah, your own. That's true as well. So, I mean, yeah, that's my take mm. on that. Yeah. So the one of the things that one of the things that I there there are a lot of things I do like about CrossFit. One of the things I like is the fact that they did really well to bring functional movement to the masses and make it mm. popular. Definitely. And they've they've made a shift. They've actually made a lot of changes recently, but they made a big shift to focus less on the CrossFit games and more on health and longevity. Now, if you think about movements that you're going to need to do when you get old or throughout life, things like carrying the groceries inside from the car, that's the farmer's carry essentially. Yeah. Or even just getting up out of a chair, just a box squat or a chair squat or just a squat in general. So being able to get off the toilet. There's a big focus on mobility and range of motion. Mm. And I like how they struck. Again, my experience is limited. I've made my own little CrossFit workouts at home and stuff yeah. like that. I think I've went to one class ever. But I thought it was good, well-structured and it was a good coach and he mm. you know, had a good warm-up section and we're doing all um, preparatory movements mm. and lots of, um, and then we moved into more of the bit of strength stuff and then like skill work and like you've got a good coach and it's a good yes. practice. Yes. But a bad coach <laughs> that, you know, just says, you know, go for hell for leather, then there's potentially be injuries. Yeah. Well, here's another thing. Um, to be a CrossFit coach, which I don't, I don't really agree with this way that CrossFit have gone about their coaching. You can do, to, to coach CrossFit, all you need is a, a CrossFit level one certification, which is a weekend course, two days, and then you can coach CrossFit. You don't even need to be a qualified personal trainer or you don't need really? any. Yeah, nothing. That's wild. So if you can afford the certification, pay it, do a weekend. Without it being a PT. Yep. You can coach CrossFit. Now, the things that you can coach in CrossFit are high-level gymnastics, handstand push-ups, Olympic lifting, like <laughs> snatching, and not just individual. You can mm. then coach 20 or 30 people in snatching. Yeah. After doing a two day course, which I think that is wrong, but that, and that's like, yeah, that's a high, like doing snatches and stuff. There's a high level intricate skill. Even just to coach one person. With a lot of, um, yeah, you, mm. you know, minor technique floor and you and can then, have an injury. And then you add in a workout where it's for time. And under high fatigue yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> but that's, um again, that comes down to coaching and like as a gym owner, employing CrossFit coaches, it's up to a gym owner to know this coach has more education than just a two-day course or maybe they're a high-level athlete with years of personal experience or whatever. That's just up to um, a gym owner to make sure that their coaches um, have the appropriate knowledge to coach a group of people. Yeah, and if you're, if you're running a gym and all your members are getting injured – you're going to know, okay, we've got to change There's something yeah. or um, they're not going to keep coming back. So that, the fact that you can, you can coach CrossFit after doing two days, I mean, you can essentially open a CrossFit gym mm. just with a two-day course. That's if wild. you have enough money yeah. to start a gym, 
two days, you can open a CrossFit gym. You just pay the affiliate fee. So I think as f- from looking at a from a business perspective, that was a really smart decision from CrossFit because the barrier to entry was so low to open a CrossFit gym. So many gyms opened up worldwide and it's, because of that. And so I think that kind of helped it spread, which in turn has helped its growth as a sport. So I think... I think that was a good thing business-wise, but... And it's just made, like, you know, just, like, a straight bar and, like, gymnastics rings and all these things, just bringing it into a normal gym. Because, you mm. know, like, you try... You go to a Glovo gym and they're just, like, these padded bars <laughs> on angles and it's just, like, <laughs> a nightmare mm. where you go to a CrossFit gym, it's just all, yeah, um, just basic, mm. you know... Um, there's barbells and flat bars and yeah. So it's brought all that kind of kit into the more mainstream yeah. as well, which has been awesome. Yeah. So I think that's really good. Um, we've got to start to wrap things up because <laughs> we've been going for quite a while, but um, where do you work at? Where do you want to give a shout out to? Um, yeah. So I work at Transcend Health. So um, where's that at? It's in Broadmeadow. Yeah. So just in Newcastle. Yeah. Yep. So just Google it, you'll find it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and yeah, so it's a, a physiotherapist um, and exercise physiologist are the are the owners. Um, oh yeah. And there's yeah, myself and another physiotherapist working there, and we we also do like group training and stuff like that. So mm. it's like four on four on one training. Yeah. Um, where everyone's kind of doing the individual programs and stuff like that so say someone comes to us with a with a shoulder injury or let's just say a back injury like mine so this is you know this is how i differentiate the the physios that i was going to through my back injury Mm. to to what we're doing now yeah and there's other places in newcastle that are doing a good job as well that's good to see um yeah there's a, a there's a big change happening in physio where it's becoming a lot more exercise based instead of like hands heat on packs yeah heat packs and <laughs> just oh god don't get me started we'll go for another hour yeah but essentially so some if i walked in now with my injury mm. um i would be probably deadlifting within you know the first few weeks yeah cool where i was going for years and didn't get past a little red stretchy band yeah and it so we make the transition of Getting taking someone in acute pain, giving them strategies that they can help to manage their own symptoms, and then we're getting them into long-term movement strategies. Whether that's training with us, getting them back into, you know, whatever gym they're going to or sport, or sport. they're going to. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah we're trying to get people come to us and we want to get them healthy so they don't need to come to come back yeah. where the some of the old models is just like yeah come eat pack bit of a massage mm. come let's book you into the next week yes yeah. is rinse repeat so anyone listening that's you know currently in that cycle you just you don't you don't ever need to come see us but you need to see someone else yeah if then if you're not getting better then yeah go mm. somewhere where where you're the you know, I, f- I feel that like my role is an educator more than like I'm not doing something to someone. I'm teaching them yep. the tools that they can 
views so that they're no longer in pain. Yeah, great. I think there was, I think that is a, the, I think there's an issue in the kind of health and medical um, system that is like, if, if you fix your client, then they don't need you. So you, so then they stop paying you. And yeah. as a, from a business perspective, that's bad. So some people would like not want to f- fix you completely because then they lose income, which is a, the, the wrong system to have. It's yeah. completely wrong. So I actually, we don't have time now, but that re- reminds me of the start of the episode where you mentioned painkillers. I wanted to actually ask your thoughts on the medical system and getting prescription um, drugs instead of which which I mentioned was like a band-aid fix it's yeah. not actually fixing the issue i wanted to actually get your thoughts on that maybe we don't have time I'll, I'll now keep, so going to say i'll keep it super short acute pain All right. you break your arm you break your leg yeah you're going to want some strong painkillers to mm. to get you through that period long term you shouldn't be on these strong um, painkillers for mm. a long period of time yeah yeah, that's cool. that's my role. Nice and short. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, um, I might give one more shout out. Yeah, before we wrap out. things out. Um, so I'm running a like a a mindful movement. I guess it's just a blend of of yoga and um, these other kind of soft, gentle movement practices. Um, just every every Wednesday morning, six thirty in the morning till seven. Just as a, so as half an hour, half an hour Zoom, um, Zoom thing. So that's free for anyone to to jump on and yeah, just kind of get your spine, spine moving a little bit. Yes, wait. Where can people find that link? Um, on my Instagram, which is Luke A Russ, um, and like I posted on my Facebook, which Luke Russell. Yeah. Um, I'll put the social media handles in the show yeah. notes. And it might also get shared on Transcend Health um, page every now and then yeah, cool. too. So what's their Instagram? Is it just Transcend Health? Yeah, it's a Transcend Health AU or something like that. Or yeah, again, I'll top, chuck I'll chuck that in. People as well. know how to Google. <laughs> yeah, search people things. can search stuff. Yeah, cool. All right, well, that's pretty much all we got time for. Is there anything else you want to <laughs> give a shout out for before uh, we wrap things up? Um, nah, that's. End it there. I yeah, I think it's time to end it. But um, nah, hopefully we can do this again because we've um we've been talking for nearly two hours straight. So clearly, and I feel like there's more we can dive into. We didn't even dive into meditation at all, which I think we did on the first. Yeah, I think that, first take. I think we this. spoke for most of the 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 first one on meditation. Yeah, but well, that's all right. Save it for another. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're gonna have to wrap it up. So thanks heaps for coming on the show, Luke. Cheers, man. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot and share it. I'd love to see who's listening. And also, please subscribe and give a rating on iTunes. Sending positive vibes to everyone out there. Thanks heaps for listening.